The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 16th, 2018, season 14, episode number 61. Welcome to another edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Starts Tuesday. It's Big Picture Tuesday. And today we're going to make Dave feel at home because we're going to have a show that I like to call a gumbo show. Hey. Uh, we're going to take a lot of different stuff and throw it all in the pot and mix it up and come away with something great. This is gumbo weather. It's gumbo so. weather. It really is. For those of you not in the Dallas area, rainy, 46, pretty nasty outside. Talking Cowboys. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Good. We good? Awesome. We good. Is this going right. to be real gumbo? This or is this going to be like Texas gumbo? Because, I mean, Dave will call you out on it if it's not like Louisiana style. Because if somebody tries to do some knockoff Louisiana style food, Dave's not happy. You're right. Honestly, I'm out. I'm out if that's the case. I, I honestly think that Texas gumbo is the same as louisiana gumbo and the reason why i say that no no the reason why i say that is because there's been such an influx of people from louisiana into texas that it just and maybe it's just the area i'm from there's a ton of people from louisiana so it's just kind of that culture is now baked into texas to some degree in my opinion but i bet you i bet you there's going to be a disagreeing three two just i mean if you know yeah hopefully it's homemade and you know somebody who knows what they're doing because if it's coming from a restaurant it probably sucks so <laughs> let's figure it out. Is it Dave Hellman's famous gumbo? Like Angie How about Hellman. Broadus' gumbo. Broadus makes a Broadus mean can. Broadus makes a mean gumbo. Angie Hellman is undefeated though. She's really? the queen. Any any chance that maybe she sends us some? Uh you can or she's coming to town anytime soon, wants to make us a pot. Fly home with me. Fly home with me this Christmas. This is where Kent hey. says talk football. Yeah, talk football. <laughs> if Cowboys I mean I'm sorry, if Texas and and uh LSU happen to meet up in some Sugar kind bowl. of bowl game, then, then God, maybe that would happen. Really, we're, then maybe that would work. We're covering all the non-important issues right All right, now. let's jump into it. Let's go Cowboys. We've got a lot to talk about today. Um, I was first looking at the Cowboys and where they sit in the NFC East. It's all still jumbled up with one exception. The New York Giants are just plummeting. Uh, they are at one and five, but all the other teams are right there, kind of lumped in together. The Washington Redskins are three and two. Cowboys, three and three. Philadelphia, three and three. Um, there are kind of two things that you can look at from the Cowboys schedule um, that you would probably call pretty good. One, uh, they're playing the Sunday for the division lead after a not so great start to the season, in my opinion. Uh, But the more important thing is they only have three games left this season against teams that have winning records as of now. That would be New Orleans and that would be the Washington Redskins, who they'll play twice, who are at three and two, just barely, barely above 500. Every other team is either at 500 or below um, and when you looked at the schedule going into the season, you certainly didn't think that about Atlanta. You thought that they would be much better than that. I'm not sure how many other of those other teams that you felt like that. You probably thought Philadelphia was going to be much better than they've been so far. Uh, but so far, just looking at the schedule, you have to feel pretty good about where the Cowboys sit and the opponents that they have to face. They don't have teams like yeah. Green Bay, Minnesota, uh, St. Louis. I'm not saying keep calling them St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams. They don't have those teams on their schedule. Those are teams that you would say are a lot better right now. Go ahead. I, I, that's, everything you just said is perception. Like, it's all 
for la- like BS, basically. I mean, you're you're right. You're right. Like I would have thought some of those teams would be better, but even just then, you're like, they don't have the Packers and the Vikings. Like the three, two, and one. Aren't great, the three, yeah. two, and one Packers and the three, two, and one Vikings. Like uh, the Packers who needed Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers to get past C.J. Beathard last night. Well, uh, it usually is Aaron Rodgers. So. No, for, no, for yeah. sure. And I, I'll say it for the ten millionth time: as long as you've got him, you've got a chance. But like no they, they don't look impressive by any stretch of the imagination. And really, I don't think anybody does yeah. except for the Rams, the Chiefs, um, maybe the Saints, and uh, and I'll throw the Patriots in there just because they're the Patriots. I think that what happened on Sunday. It just just shows that you know they're they're going to be they have the ability to be in every game. I mean, th- this is a this is a, a team that that is starting to show that, that they've got something special, and that's on defense. Now, if the offense can can kind of piggyback on that, which I believe is kind of what happened. I mean, the the offense was able to take advantage of that uh, that strong defensive per- performance. So I think that you're going to be yeah. You don't have those teams on the schedule. You also don't have some of the really bad teams i guess would that be the cardinals before i mean you don't really have that either so you know the giants game is coming up they got to play the giants on the road that'll probably be tough just because it always is because it's the giants it's because the giants but so you don't have those teams that are really really tough you don't have those teams that aren't that good you're just going to be in a fight every game yeah i just after the game on um after the game on sunday i was sitting there and uh, i was chatting with todd archer just about like the league you know, the breakdown and the power rankings and who's good. And like other, like I said, there's about four teams that right now you feel pretty confident are good and are going to have a, something to say about the playoffs. And then there's, I don't even know. Okay. Yeah. The Cardinals are pretty, they look like they're pretty rough. Um, Raiders aren't very The Raiders good. are terrible. The Raiders are so bad. 49ers record isn't great, but the 49ers, but that's, they're no, playing good football. And that's, name, name more than like four teams that you're confident saying like Giants, they're, they're yeah, awful. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Giants. Because Detroit's the same way. Their record's bad, but they're a right. pretty good and, team. They're not an easy out. Well, did yeah. you put New England in that four, first four? I Just out of reputation alone. Yeah. But yeah. But they I'm, got beat by the Lions pretty liter- good. So yeah. you never know. You look at the power rankings right now in the NFL, and you probably like I mean, the Rams are number one, and then the Chiefs Jeez, and the Pats yeah. are right there, and then the Saints have looked really good since they lost in week one. And then, I mean, seriously, tell me, because yeah. it's probably the Cincinnati Bengals, if we're talking record. I would guess. And, it's, and how they've played, too. Yeah, they've played really well. Is anybody really super-duper buying the Bengals to Nick's point? Like, probably not. <laughs> Are you super duper? I mean, the Vikings have a ton of talent. They haven't looked like it. The Packers. Have I still Aaron believe Rodgers. in the. I still believe in the Vikings. Well, and that's, it's you know you say the Redskins and the and the who else is the other? Saints. Oh, the Saints are the only teams with winning records. That's going to change. Like no doubt. some somebody will go on. The Eagles will figure it out. The thing or is, the, uh, the everybody the, that's up in that top ten has other than you know the Rams and the Chiefs. Other than those two teams, but everyone else has pretty much what you consider to be a bad loss. You know, the Vikings, oh, are they the team that lost bad to the Bills? Yeah. You know, but the Patriots lost pretty bad to the Lions. And so, you know, I mean, it happens. I mean, um, there's another one in there, the two, that, that has a has a pretty bad loss. Who else is kind of up there high? Um, I mean, the Saints. The Patriots. The Saints, the the Saints, Saints lost their opener about. to the yeah. Buccaneers who have yeah. not looked great We're, since. Yeah, that was But, the but I think that's also part of this, too, is when you look at – what the NFL traditionally is, it's about now, week six, seven, eight, when you start to really start seeing teams, teams kind of separate out of this pack. And and I believe that some of those teams that we saw lose early in the season, that's just the nature of what today's NFL is because 
as much as there is a preseason, there really isn't a preseason. The veterans, I don't think, get as much out of the preseason. So they're really getting into their rhythm in those first several weeks of the season. And I believe some of these teams, like you look at Seattle. Seattle's a much different team than they were and what you thought of them in week one and two. Mm-hmm. Like they're playing pretty good football right yeah. now. So I think those teams are going to start to kind of, as they typically do around this time of the year, Pittsburgh's another one. They're going to start kind of getting some momentum now. And that's one of the things that actually makes me feel good about where the Cowboys are. To play like they did at that stage of the season in week six maybe suggest that they could be one of those teams that finds its footing at this part of the year because this is when you really got to make hay. You know, this is the, and I said this um, to you yesterday, I'll probably write something on this tomorrow, but this is the, the game of the year right here. This is the game where you have to, you can stay on the track that you're on or you can jump off and get on a different different plane. And this is it because this this is a division game. This is one that shows the team they could win on the road. You know, I mean, I don't know if I'm buying in that they're not a good road team or they're just good at home. Who knows? But this game right here, you can erase all that, get a two-game lead, you know, pretty much on Washington, win, you know, be 2-0 in the division. It's just everything you want to happen, it starts right here with this game right here. If not, then you might just be on that track all year long. So I've asked this question before. I'll ask it again. I like to ask it every Tuesday. Based upon what you know now and what you've seen to this point, What's your level of confidence that the Cowboys can be a playoff team scale of 1 to 10, 10 being most most convicted that they're going to be in the playoffs? Um, Again, it just um, comes down to what you think for this game. This is one level. Can I can I answer it at 7 o'clock to, you know, on, on Sunday? Well, but I'm saying, yes, every week you can, it'll change based if, upon if what they, happens on that Sunday. If they lose Sunday. to Washington, then no, I don't think this team's going to be in the playoffs. But did that change at all with what they did last week? As you sit here right now, based on what they did last week, are you more confident or less confident that they're going to be in the playoffs? I'm I'm a little more I'm a little more confident, but it'll all go down if they don't beat Washington, then I don't think because then that game won't won't matter as much to me. It's kind of what we guys said on Monday, that game won't matter as much as we thought it would. This needs to be a trend. Let's this looks good stack wins together. If you lose to Washington and based off everything, you know, now you're 3 and 4 and 0 oh and 4 on the road, I, I I'll have I won't have a lot of confidence that this team can turn this thing around. I would have put myself at like a two going into the Jags to game. make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that win was impressive enough that I will bump it up to a four. Okay. But I got, yeah, I mean, it, that, that doesn't mean anything if they can't translate. Absolutely. But so yeah. you got to go beat Washington. Like this is, they got to prove that they can stack two and even three and four types of wins together, especially. And, you know, it's no use trying to forecast a month ahead of time, but everything after the Titans looks pretty brutal. I mean, you got at Atlanta, at Philly, back-to-back, I believe. Yeah, I think it's Philly, then Atlanta. Or is it Atlanta, then Philly? I don't remember. One of the two. those two. And then, but you got a three-game three, three home stretch yeah, after that. Against the Saints, and then a division game. Or a yeah. division game, and then the Saints, and then another division game, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. The, it's two division games. Saints, then two. Di- I mean, Saints... In between the two division games. Yeah. Yep. From, from like, re- at Redskins and Titans with a buy in between looks pretty manageable. No doubt. And then you got about four games in a row that I would guess aren't going to be super easy. Right. And so I don't feel super confident at all. And that, you know, like, the recency of the other five games are way too fresh in my mind. And that's, I was going to say that too is like, you think the Redskins podcast or, you know, the, uh, you know, talking saints, like you think they're like, Ooh, 
watch out for Dallas? Or are they like, oh, that's an inconsistent. That's a beatable team. That's an inconsistent team with a shaky offense. Especially if they're coming to us. Yeah. Right? Like, Trap game, though, they might call it. If, yeah, you're like, watch out for Dallas. They, they, they can put it together on you. You know, but, I, I said this, though, and now the Saints, that's a different story because you've got their, their quarterback. But I've always thought, in any level of football, if you've got the best football player on the field, you know, especially one that's going to touch the ball a lot, you always have a, a chance. And I think that, that any team, when they're doing their, you know, who dat talk or whatever it's called, their who day, sorry. No, who dat. Sorry, Dave. It's okay. Sorry. Um, then, you know, they're, they're going to be like, you, know, you got to stop Zeke because, you know, if, if he gets if he gets crazy, then, then that team can can be, you know, a factor. And so I think that's why, and that's why Dallas, I think, has a chance in a lot of these games, in every game. Because they have a defense that's flying around the ball, making plays, and they have a running back who has shown the ability to put them on his back and 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 you know win some games. So, you know. and I agree, I agree with you for what that's worth. And that's what you know. It was so frustrating going into that game last week. Is like, and I get I get fan frustrations, but like fans want to pull the plug on this season right now when you have the ingredients to win this division, like with what it's looked like so far. And that's, I know the NFL is a league of parody and has been for a while now, but it looks even more that way right now. Mm -hmm. Like everybody records. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I kind of, my whole storyline, I didn't pick the Cowboys to make the playoffs in the preseason. And my thought process was like, look at all these good teams. Like, how are you going to get to enough wins to make the playoffs? Well, maybe what I should have been thinking was, the NFC is going to beat the crap out of each other. And maybe you don't need as many wins as you thought, because there's not that big of a difference between best in the NFC and middle of the pack. Like yeah. the Rams are literally the only team that looks straight up better than everybody else. Cause I mean, the saints have a bad loss. They had to, you know, scratch and claw to get past the Cleveland Browns. And they played a, you know, they beat the giants by two scores, but it wasn't a laugher by any yeah. stretch. So I, yeah, this this the whole conference looks pretty wide open at about the halfway point. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about this whole idea of the Cowboys on the road versus at home. Jason Garrett was asked about it yesterday. He laid out four different things that he thought could be factors or at least common themes. I'm going to pose the question to you guys, which of those things seems in your mind to be the biggest the biggest challenge for the Cowboys? We'll talk about it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Hi thing then cutting the cord is scary but then i found out i could switch to direct tv now and still get the live sports i love no satellite needed no bulky hardware no annual contract just get the live sports you love try direct tv now for ten dollars a month for three months visit directtvnow.com direct tv now more for your thing that's our thing use code real deal limited time price for a little, little package after three months we use monthly at full price currently minimum forty dollars unless canceled prices may change new subscribers only cancel anytime content varies by package and may be limited restrictions apply star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas Cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. 
Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is segment two of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're having our gumbo show. We're throwing in a lot of different topics. You're making me homesick right now. I'm making myself hungry, actually. Um, So let's let's jump back in. Now I want to talk a little bit about the Cowboys and their 0-3 road record. Um, I think a lot's being made of this um, by the media, particularly in fans to some degree, uh, from the standpoint that I'm not saying it's not legitimate. I'm saying a lot's being made of it, though. There's a lot of talk about the Cowboys being one way at home versus being another way on the road. The question was asked to Jason Garrett yesterday during his press conference, and his response was that there are four common themes uh, to those games that they've lost on the road. He said good defenses that they've played. He said noise. Um, He said blocking hasn't been great. And he said that they were inefficient in the throwing uh, as far as throwing the ball. Of those four things, which do you think is the biggest of the challenges for the Cowboys uh, based on those four, those three games that they've lost on the road? I'm going to remove my opinion from it and just go with what Zach Martin just told the Dallas media on his conference call because Jason Garrett gave the team uh, the day off. So the locker room's not open today, but Zach, got on a call with us and he was like our communication on the road has been terrible this year like it's been really bad you know is that the noise is that what's causing it noise combined with um having a new guy at center and new pieces there and yeah i think all that comes together and Mm -hmm. joe looney's been awesome all things considered but it certainly obviously has been a trying thing for them for for zach to come out and say like yeah like we're not we're not getting on the same page on to the degree that we're used to when we go on the road yeah, you know, I I think all four of those things. I mean, I I'm a big fan of the domino effect. I really do. I think one thing leads to another, to another, to another, and every one of those things. I think you're going up against a good defense, number one. So that's on there. And then when you have a good defense, the blocking's probably not as good. So then that's number two. Now you have to pass, and and you're forced to to pass. That's not a strength of the team. And then when you're doing that, you're doing it, and it's harder to pass and get in the shotgun and all that when you have noise involved. So I think one thing leads to another, and it really comes down to that second thing good defense that's fine we saw one in, in, in this week but you got to be able to block them and and you know if that's the noise or, or, or whatever but I mean I, I think they're all linked together I don't think it's just I mean I think there's four aspects of it but I do think they're all linked in together yeah I think I kind of agree with the day that communication and noise I think is the bigger of the ones and the reason why I say that I think you were you were on to something when you said think about the different parts that they have in this offense particularly you're talking about a different center you're talking about a different left guard you're talking about different tight ends number I'm talking a number of different tight ends you're talking a number of different wide receivers there are just a ton of different parts here that weren't here last year so to think that they're going to have the same kind of chemistry to understand Without the, the the convenience of being able to say it, I'm going to be able to understand that when I motion you or when I, you know, whatever signals that they use, that everybody's going to always be on the same page, that everybody's going to always see the same things, because that's a really a big part of it. Once the ball snap, are they all seeing the same things to be able to adjust the same way? I don't know that that's necessarily happening because of 
lack of time. The more they play together, the more they'll have that kind of chemistry. And just right now, maybe they just haven't had it these first few weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take the all-pro guard at his word. Like, if he says that that's a problem for them, I believe him. And yep. I'm sure it's difficult. But at the same time, like, these guys blast noise over practice every day starting in July. I mean, like, you know, Connor Williams played in the Big 12. It's kind of like every during the winning streak with Dak in 2016, every week somebody was like, oh, you got to go into Lambeau Field. And Dak was <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I've played at Bama and LSU. Like, big deal. And that's... So I just kind of I'm surprised that if if it is this big issue, I'm kind of surprised by that because, you know, it's pro football. I feel like you can kind of overcome that, but it hasn't been the case so far. Yeah. And the the results are all you need to look at. I mean, the results say that something's amiss. I don't know quite what it is. I I don't know that it's because I don't always buy into just the home versus road thing. But I do think that tangible things like noise and communication are real. Uh, because obviously when you can't have the, the the luxury of being able to speak the things that you need others to know, then you have to adjust. And if you're not, if you don't know each other well enough that if you can't hear them or you don't quite know, know that, that sign that they just gave you that you just know from ex- past experience, yeah. here's what we typically do in this situation, right? Then you're going to get, find yourself in a, in a bad situation. And I, you know, the, uh, the opposite side of that is Jason Witten did this for so long. Like I'm, you know, right tackle and left tackle it was probably muscle memory that they yeah. knew he was he knew what was going on and the same thing with Travis and Zach so you take those things out and replace them with guys who aren't as sure of themselves makes it Zach, makes some sense Zach is making the calls right and and Frederick did it before Frederick did it before and it's I mean Joe Joe Looney said last week he was like oh like basically he was like Zach does so much for us in terms of like identifying the defense and all that type of I stuff I mean this is really getting kind of to another level here. I don't know if it's this serious, but I mean, you're talking about the center of the line making the calls down the road and to the one guy down, two guys down. Now you got the right guard that's doing it. Now he's now he's three players removed from Tyron and two. I mean, I'm just saying what? from a tight end. Yeah. What? What'd you say? Huh? I'm just saying, I, I don't think that <laughs> that's it at all. I, 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 I think the fact is that you have an average you know, you have an average quarterback throwing the ball and you have average receivers and I'm being, I think I'm being nice. And, and, you know, and, and then they're, you know, that's just not the strength of the team. And then when you, you get into a, an element where it's, it's hard to run the ball against Carolina and hard to run the ball against Seattle, they did a nice job for the most part against them. And same with um, the and, uh, Houston. So I, I, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm one game away from being like, okay, this is a problem. I'm just not there yet. I, I think that I think they could have won the game in Houston, and we're not even talking about this. But when you say that, though, I think I think checks have everything to do with that. If you do have, as you say, an average quarterback, and you do have, as, as you say, average receivers, then being able to check out of that run that was called to be able to go to a pass play that you know gives these average receivers and average quarterback an opportunity to be able to complete a pass because the coverage well, dictates they can complete a pass. You can do, figure then, it out. I mean, I, I, no, third I base that. coaches have been talking to to batters for the last 100 years, and they don't speak. So yes, there's a way figure to out, do but it. There takes, sometimes it takes time to figure it out and get 11 guys on the same page. And it sounds right. like from what Zach's saying is that, and I, I heard a couple other players saying this in, in, a couple, in the past couple weeks as well, that all 11 guys, I think Cole was talking about it, they had these situations in a lot of these road games where you just didn't have all 11 guys on the same page in any given play. This guy may have had two bad plays, and this guy has another two bad plays. When you start adding it up over the course of the game, it's too many bad plays for them to win. And that's the issue is nobody is necessarily just every play screwing up, 
But if everybody's not on the same page on every play or, or as close to every play as possible, then you're kind of in a bad yeah. situation. I don't think it's a coincidence that, um, you know, 2014, you're talking about a very veteran team. I mean, what are the what are the new pieces on that team? Zach at right guard right. and everybody else had been in place for at least a year or two. 16, you got Dak and Zeke, but everybody else around them was on their piece. making the calls for them. Yeah. No, <laughs> right? absolutely. I mean, yeah. Uh, and that, so, and like literally everything's different right now. Yeah. Like the yeah. whole, you know, the line is shuffled. The receiving core is new. Uh, so there's probably something to that. I, I think that the biggest play from the game um, last week, last Sunday, um, that's going to carry over is, is Dak's touchdown run. I think that play right there is going to – could – change the the whole kind of scope of this offense and and maybe and how teams prepare for them that um they have to do that more i think one thing about linehan and garrett that i've seen is when things work well they overthink themselves the, the, the next week well we threw it deep so many times against the giants we're not gonna throw it deep at all and we, we ran dak a lot in this game against the Giants. we're not gonna run him at all i don't think you can do that i, I think they have to it, the fact of dak could run you want that. You want that linebacker thinking, oh, I don't know, and, and he's waiting for him because then if Zeke gets it half the time, that that's one less guy he has to deal with. So I think that they're going to play this game a little bit differently now. I think they've figured it out. I hope so, at least, that Dak's better running the ball, throwing it at times. The Cam Newton approach can work here, and I think that that's what they're going to do. I'm not ready to say I think they've figured it out. I hope they have. We'll see. I mean – 11 carries, that's, I mean, that's not even, they don't even do fourth and one um, s- uh, sneaks with him. I mean, not really. That, have they done it all this year, maybe once? Dak, with Dak, yeah, they've done it once or twice. But they don't do it a lot. How much do you factor in, though? I know Garrett said yesterday, well, some of those are broken plays that, that Dak scrambles. They aren't necessarily called run plays that's fine you get it you get into games like that where and i i don't know i'd have to go back and actually look at all of his runs do you guys have a feel for how often in these games even the games where it seems like he's run more are those situations where they're called runs or situations have they been fair because he garrett made the claim they've been fairly consistent when it comes to number of called runs for dak and I, I can't dispute that because I haven't gone back and actually looked at them. It doesn't feel like that to me, I but I don't know. I want to get an opinion from you guys. I haven't gone back and charted it, but I disagree with that. I can think – I mean, Seattle and Carolina come to mind as if he was running, it was for his life. Yeah, no no called Not runs. called uh, runs. And Jason Garrett's favorite thing to do is act like you're stupid for asking yeah, a question. absolutely. So I don't – that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, no, I don't buy that at all. And, even, you know, yeah, some uh, – you know, the the – the spin and the twenty-eight yard run—that was that yes. was pure improvisation. Yeah. But even still, that works too, though. Eleven runs. If half of them were called, that's still six or seven, and that's all I ever wanted. I yeah. six six to eight called runs per game is plenty. Yeah. Uh, and then you throw in scrambles and stuff, and and you'll get you'll get where you want. And that's be. why I said that about that specific play, that touchdown play, because that's the type of of play that was obviously called. It was a second and ten. And, and it's a play that that you know they feel like you're you're basically piggybacking off the fact of what what you know you can do in there with Zeke, and so I think that they've got to do that more. They that's that's a weapon that they can utilize, and that will help everybody around him. Uh, quit thinking that this quarterback is 
got, you know, this franchise player that's got to be in the pocket all the time. That's not a strength. You have to play to a strength, and Let, that's what I believe his strength is. Let's take the final break. We come back. I want to talk about Tavon Austin. Jerry Jones said something really interesting this morning. He compared his his groin injury to the groin injury of another player that used to be here, and he sat off for quite a bit of quite a bit of time. We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than specs and features as well. you got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. To experience one for yourself, visit your local Texas John Deere dealer or go to myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True, they even come in seven different sizes, up to 64-ounce the Growler. Hmm, I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. Hey, the Big 12 Championships returning to AT&T Stadium on December the 1st. Be there when the top two teams in the Big 12 Conference face off. Uh, somebody's hooked into thinking that they are going to be there. Please, please. To become please. the conference champion of the Big 12. Get your tickets now on SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. That's December the 1st, and you are going? Last week, I bought eight tickets. After we beat Oklahoma, I bought eight tickets. And guess what he didn't do? Uh, what? What would you do if you were going to think about your team being in the <laughs> SEC Championship? I didn't worry about that. What, were you, what would you do? You're like, I'm going to the SEC Championship. What would you look at? I would look at airfare because the right. game's in Atlanta, but the game's, I don't in, worry about the game's in Dallas. Okay, so, so you're just going to say, I'm going to the game. 
That's what he did this week. Yeah. No, I'm not following. What should he have done? Well, you also need to probably look at the Cowboys schedule and see how things are going to shape up. And no. I wouldn't worry about that. Well, well no. Games are played on Saturday. It's the first Saturday of December. That's what I was thinking. Somewhere in that time frame. You, whatever. You didn't know. Derek. No, I didn't. didn't but know. I was like, I didn't. You're you right. Even I told didn't. me to the ninth. I thought it was one of those two weekends. Either way, he's I wasn't the, worried I mean, about he's, it. He's the boss. So I would have. I would have. I would have flown flown to wherever we were going to play. That next morning and would have been there in time for the game. Okay, so you fun. got eight tickets. The Texas is going to be one of the top two teams. In the I don't know, but it got a lot better this weekend when West Virginia lost because now I'm assuming they have to play each other. West Virginia, Oklahoma have to play. So one of them is going to have two losses in the conference. I never All even, we, as long as we don't lose more than one more conference on. I've game, I've never we're good. thought about this scenario one time. But what? So you're saying Texas and Oklahoma could play? Could play there. Again. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. No, I feel no, I that's... feel like our chances of beating Oklahoma twice in cool. one year is Anyways, take it, take it from so someone who Big Twelve Championship, yeah. ATT Stadium. Yeah. Take it from someone who lost a national title game to their biggest rival. You don't yeah. want to do it. It's not I don't want to do that. I just, quick shout out to my guy Mitch, because back uh, a friend of mine, but back during the Auburn weekend when LSU beat Auburn, y'all beat somebody. Y'all beat USC. Was that that weekend? And like he he rooted for LSU, and so I returned the favor and rooted for Texas. And ever since, we've both been having these great seasons. We are, so. and I, that's why I think like when you brought it up earlier today about the about the uh, the possibilities that maybe we could end up in a bowl against each other. I was like. Man, that would be so great because we both have had that kind of season where and then, you don't necessarily think you're going to be in a title like in the, the playoff. All this goodwill and just all this goodwill <laughs> okay, just Nick. fly Sorry, out buddy. the window, and I'll just start okay. being obnoxious and hating Texas. It's okay. Like usual. It's okay. Okay. You can uh, hate us for a week, and then right. you go back to being nobody like, wants you're to hear us talk about college football. Sorry, everybody, especially Nick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. 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 Midwestern Sorry. though. Midwestern, they were ranked, right? Are they not still? Yeah, don't okay. get me started on that. I told you about that. Yeah, you told me about that. That, that was a little messed up. But anyway, they're, they're a good team. They're a good team. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's go on. Um, let's talk about Tavon Austin. Um, we know that he has has a groin injury. That happened in the third quarter, I think mm-hmm. it was. Um, yeah. Jerry then this morning on his radio show said, here was his quote, we had something similar to what, uh, he has something similar to what Mo Claiborne had a few years back when he was with us. Uh, there in his groin area. Um, he went on to talk about, well, he didn't go on to talk about, but we know looking at Mo's career that that injury led to him being out for about nine weeks of yeah. the season. So my question for you guys at this point, obviously if he's going to be out at nine weeks, you would be pretty, I would assume you'd be pretty worried. How much, does, how much does Tavon Austin fit into this offense and, and make this offense go for whatever his role is uh, so that if he's out, it's a problem? Well, and there, there's nobody that really does what he does um, from a speed standpoint. Uh, they're not using anybody that way right now. That doesn't mean they can't change it. I, I'm I'm hesitant to compare guys to to Mo Claiborne. The nine week injury wasn't that at the end of the season too. Wasn't that kind of? Well, I mean, I think this team was out of it, and and I don't like comparing anybody to Mo because that there was more going on there with him. So I. I it's a significant injury. Yeah, it's not day to day. I get it. He's not going to play this week. He's going to have a bye. He's probably not coming back for a little bit. I get it. But I think there's different circumstances there of why that that lasted so long. So you don't buy that nine weeks for Mo means nine weeks for Tavon. Because I don't yeah. think I think they were out of the. 
No, there's I'm, more going on I with think, Mo. I think you're one of us is misremembering because if I remember, it was he was he was off to a great start. I apologize for not getting all of Mo's injuries. No, back. no, you're fa- that's totally fair. <laughs> they all kind of run together. If we're talking Sean's about Sean's injury, if we're talking about what I think we're talking about, Mo was off to a great start. 2016, they went up to Lambeau, and he actually like he made a play that led to a takeaway, hurt his groin, and then he was done basically until it was time to start talking playoffs. I believe if I think that's right. Um, okay, and that's maybe so. I, and I, that's kind of how Anthony Brown sort of got into the mix and got more playing time. I could be misremembering, but I, it was a long time. Um, I'm not, I'm not ready to be worried that he's out for nine weeks because if he was, if that was the timeline they were thinking, then we would already be hearing stuff about IR even at this early date. I think, yeah. which doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, they just delayed an IR decision with with two guys for forever so that could happen um my main thing is I'm not worried about it because they're not using him the right way anyway like Tavon Austin losing Tavon Austin should be a big deal for this offense but they just haven't been using him that way like he's got far too few touches considering he's averaging nine yards per carry and had a 64 yard touchdown I was way more involved last week even when he didn't get the ball I mean I saw him going across and them motioning like they were going to give him the ball several times, which it's to me is have been just as valuable. To me, that's just as valuable as giving him the ball. And you don't that get that if Deontay point. Thompson's coming across, right? I probably not, no, because they don't have that speed. But like they can do that with somebody. You know, they don't have a guy that replicates that that skill set exactly. But uh, Jason Garrett even said that yesterday. Uh, he was like, you know, we've got we've done those types of things with other players before. I think you said it yesterday that Terrence did it a few yeah. times. Not great, but Michael Gallup and Deontay Thompson, and Thompson seem can do that. like guys yeah. who can do that. Which I hope, I hope they do because it's something I think this offense needs. But I just don't, I don't think they did it enough with Tavon that it turned into this amazing thing that they can't live without. Right. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's uh, let's one other thing I wanted to hit real quick. Demarcus Lawrence has five and a half sacks right now. Um, at one point earlier in the season, he was leading the league. He had at least half a sack in the first four games. Last two games, he hasn't had a sack. Um, I think it came out last week uh, that he had a shoulder injury that he's been having for a while, it sounds like, um, and has not had surgery on it, thinking maybe he might do it in this offseason. I'm not so much concerned about him as the player. I think he's a warrior. He's going to be a great player for the Cowboys regardless. Are you at all concerned about him from the standpoint of what this might mean for the contract and I mean he took a gamble on himself and he's been a team player with this all the way like when they franchise him he jumped right in yeah. like all right cool I'm signing I'm happy to take this the 17 million but do you think that this is could be a problem for him as it as he approaches this contract I'm actually way more worried about what it means for right now than the future okay because 14 and a half sacks last year cool do it again he did five I mean or you know he was on his way five yeah. and a half sacks in four games uh, it certainly looked dominant, made a huge difference. Nobody could block him, blah, blah, blah. So, like, you know that that talent is there. The thing that scares me is he's got a torn labrum, which yeah. the fact that that's not just this season-ending disaster, just uh, football players are crazy. Like, the play, the pain threshold to play in the NFL is insane. And, like, like, we talked to him on Friday. He was like, well, yeah, like, 
it's at the back of my shoulder, so it's not a big deal. I was like, your muscle's torn, man. That's not... That's so not, I can actually push. I just can't pull. Exactly. Like, no, seriously. Right. He's like, and so that's why when yeah. it got hit that way, I was in tears on the sideline. But it'll be fine. <laughs> okay, DeMarcus. The tears are temporary. But the thing that they scares me, he had a shoulder injury and played through it in 16, and yeah. they gave him so much credit for it, and it's part of the reason why they love him. But let's be real. like He was out there. He wasn't the guy we've gotten used to seeing over the last 20 games. He wasn't, 14, he wasn't 15 sack tank. He was... Right, and that's kind of he my point is 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 it average. does it hurt him? And we've heard players say this before, and I actually hate it. I love the way this guy does it, and even Tyrone Crawford's the same way. But there have been guys that are like, I ain't putting bad tape out there, especially when I'm up for a contract. So if I'm hurt, I'm not yeah. necessarily getting Strange. out on the field. I get it doesn't scare like I've seen enough of him being dominant that I I trust that he can do it, and he's a warrior, and he's gonna play. Which so like. It doesn't change my opinion about whether or not I would want to re-sign him at all. It does change my opinion about what he can do for me right now, yeah. and that's going to severely impact how good your defense is. I actually think, personally, if I were the one writing the check, which I am not, if I were the one writing the check, I would actually that actually makes me want to sign the guy even more, the fact that he can battle through that kind of stuff and still give me good production, still give me a player that has to be reckoned with, that teams are still recognizing as a guy they got a double. Like, that to me is valuable if I'm the one writing yeah. the check. So I don't know that it hurts him. I think actually him continuing to play, you know, he's going to get some more sacks. He's not going to get shut out the rest of the year. He'll get more sacks. If he gets to that 8, 9, 10 range, I still think that's great. And I still, if I'm the one writing the check, I'm still willing to sign him as one of the top pass rushers in the league. Yeah, I think what he did in his first uh, four games of the season kind of helps with that. Um, so you, you're right. If he's got more more things going on here and doesn't have the same kind of production, I think he's done enough coupled with what he did last year to probably, you know, get get a big time deal yeah. with anybody. Um, but I agree with you. I think doing it here and showing that he's going to continue to fight through this and, and, and be a part of it. And, and what I liked about him all along is that he's he's kind of been the, the leader of this of this whole team. I mean, I, I didn't realize he had this kind of leadership qualities. We thought Sean Lee would be that guy. It's really been him, and he's kind of taken that whole defensive line and the hot boys and all that and, and, and really playing with an attitude. I, I think, you know, I, I think he's shown a lot where, where he is a, a captain. Whether or not he's the captain, you know, that, that goes out there on the coin flip, he's been a leader for this team. Real quick, I do want to get at least one question in from a fan. Tanner Carlson hit us on Twitter, said, was last week's game against the Jags more of an anomaly uh, or more so sign of things to come? I mean, that's think? that's the question that all of us have. That, that's that's what we're trying to figure out. Um, you know, this team has had some big wins like that, um, you know, and, and they've come back and been like, ah, what, what happened there? Well, why can't they do that again? So that that's that's the biggest question, but that's what every team in the league is trying to figure out too. I mean, you're trying to figure out was was that the real Saints against the Bucks, or are they actually going to be better than that? You know, was that the Vikings that, that played the Bills, or is it a different team? So everybody's kind of got those games where head scratchers, good or bad. Uh, we'll find out this week. That's why I think this week is so important to 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 actually show that, hey, mindset, we're not going to be this back-and-forth team. I, I will say this. I think it was an anomaly. Not from the standpoint I don't think the Cowboys can be that good. I think it was an anomaly just because the Cowboys won't face that every other week. There will be different kinds of challenges that they're going to face in other weeks. I talked about it yesterday. I think that what they saw this last weekend was a team that has a certain way that they play defense. They don't trick it up. They do, don't do a lot of scheme stuff. 
They are basically, our guys are better than your guys, and that's the way we're going to play it. And the Cowboys found a weakness in that and exploited it. And I think that that's not what they're going to see most weeks. What they're going to see most weeks is teams saying, we're going to throw a little of this at you and a little of that at you. And they're going to have to adjust to that. And especially on the road, when you're talking about communication issues and stuff like that, that's where it becomes extremely vital uh, that they are clicking on all cylinders. So it's an anomaly only because of the opponent, not necessarily because the Cowboys don't have the potential to be good. I tried to get to the bottom of this yesterday. It's like, okay, great. You knew you could beat Tyler Patman. What are you going to do to get Cole Beasley involved when... Somebody's like he's he, we're taking him away. Right. Wait, they don't have an answer to that, which right. is why, you know, in this hot take society, if you're not just like, oh, yeah, they're on the right track, like then you're a hater. Like, that's not the case at all. I just yeah. that I they have five weeks of bad stuff to go with this one very good week. So I want to see where they go from here. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. We're back tomorrow. We'll start jumping into Cowboys versus Redskins. Dave will give us a scouting report till then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hillman. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?